Willis Welcome to the Fade Route. With DNZ. Here are your hosts. DNZ. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Fade Route with DNZ. I am Z and we have a huge show for you. We're talking about all of the upsets in the NFL in week nine. We're talking about the Knicks and whether or not they're a contender or a pretender. The continued saga with Ben Simmons and Joe Rush joins us to talk all things Seattle sports. But we have to begin with the biggest story that we have out there. Aaron Rodgers has monopolized a lot of our time the past week. He was unavailable. He tested positive for COVID. Resulting in Jordan Love's first start and subsequent loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. Rodgers told people over the summer that he was immunized when asked about his vaccination status. And... I guess we all assume that immunized and vaccinated were the same thing. Rogers said he followed the protocol, but was often seen without a mask during press conferences and on the sideline, which is a clear violation of said protocols if he is considered unvaccinated, like the NFL says he is. Rogers has gone on repeatedly on the Pat McAfee show and played the victim all week, saying he is a uh, victim of cancel culture and the woke media. As a member of the media, Rogers be fined or suspended for these outright lies, D. Yeah, man. I mean, and I, I, we love Aaron Rodgers. We really do. I mean, he's a great player, MV, former MVP, but I mean, you take into consideration the length that every team is going through and all the sacrifices all the players are making and you come out and you're just just not taking it seriously now the team's been fined three hundred thousand dollars and rogers and lazard have both been fined about fourteen thousand each but i mean is that really enough i mean they need to make examples of him they need to make examples of the the organization. Listen, if you don't want to get vaccinated, don't get vaccinated. But also, don't pretend, don't play coy, and don't play around with words, and walk around like you're a vaccinated player, and put everybody else in harm's way. It's a respect thing at that point. And then, you know, you're going on the McAfee show, and then you're acting like the victim. It's like, come on, man, do you just not get it? I mean, do you, do you not get it? Do you not get what's going on? And like I said, I mean, like I like Aaron Rodgers as a player, and I just I'm just surprised at his approach to it and his just total disregard for what everybody else is doing. Over the years, Aaron Rodgers has proved himself to be an insufferable douchebag. I'm just gonna call it like I see it. Between his smartest guy in the room attitude, his smugness his feeling like the rules don't apply to him or that 
he can skirt the rules through semantics in this case by trying to be too cute with his words versus vaccinated as if we don't know the difference and then also in his interview saying that he's a free thinker implying that people who choose to take the vaccine somehow are not free thinkers like you're really starting to lose me like I want to appreciate you as an athlete I, I want to be able to you know, celebrate what you do on the field. You make it very difficult. So, like, I think, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing is, is like, you see people like Kirk Cousins, who's not about the vaccine, but he's wearing his mask. He's taking the proper precautions. He's not playing coy with words. And he's been pretty open about his feelings towards the vaccine. Same thing with Carson Wentz, another guy, not vaccinated, wears his mask on the sideline. On the sideline, he comes off the sideline and puts his mask on. He wears his mask in every all the interviews. Like he's not—he's not playing coy. We've talked about this number of times during this whole pandemic. Is it's about having respect for other people and having respect for other people's feelings. And we don't know who he's transferred this to. We don't know the ramifications of what his actions are, but. I think the NFL was pretty lean on the fine, pretty lean on not suspending him because you've pretty much shown that, okay, if you do what Aaron Rodgers does, it's okay. And that's really just not okay. No, it's not okay at all. And well, let's take, you know, let, let's look at these things, right? And I'm not saying, I'm not going to say that they are equal. Kyrie Irving has come out and he has made his stance public. And he has refused to take the vaccine. And we we have been guilty of this. And other people in the media have been guilty of this. Criticizing him, you know, as a crackpot and somehow a crazy person. But with Aaron Rodgers, free thinker. Like, there's a clear double standard. Similar behavior. But there is a double standard in reaction. If we want to look within the same sport, you mentioned Kirk Cousins. You mentioned Carson Wentz. Cam Newton. Cam Newton was unvaccinated, only got vaccinated recently. Yeah. Yeah, because he saw the writing on the wall. Yeah. If, I need, if I'm going to get back on a team, this is something I need to do. And if I if I want to start over Cooper Rush, I'm gonna to have to get a vaccination. <laughs> uh, exactly. If you know if Rogers is gonna be out for a little bit, and I'm gonna slot in behind Blake Bortles, like I need to get this jab in my arm. But there is a to me there's a clear double standard there in how it's being covered, how Rogers is being treated, and I mean part of it is race. Part of it is that the NFL doesn't want to vilify its reigning MVP. So there's all, I mean, the NFL has taken so many hits this year from a PR standpoint. It's just another body blow in a long list of body blows that they did not need. So how about this? How about this? He, he missed the game this past weekend. Now this was mm -hmm. supposed to be a big 
primetime game. You got Pat Mahomes against Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers against the Kansas City Chiefs. Man, that's that's a big time game. NFL lost out on that. Ad ad dollars were wasted on that. He missed the game. They lost. Now he can't come back into the facility until Saturday, which means he might not even play in the Seahawks game next weekend. Now, how does that? How is that farewell for you and your team? Because you know what? If you're being loose with the mask policy in the building and on the field, man, who knows what you're doing in public? Well, they already showed him, right? The Halloween party pictures came out of him as John Wick, no mask, like you know, completely out there for everybody to see. If I'm a player. On the Packers, I am furious right now. Right, because be. we are seven. We were seven and one. We were riding high. Like granted, like Jordan Love got. Uh, maybe he wasn't ready. You know, he isn't preparing with the starting team. Like all that. If you look at the stats, he actually outplayed Patrick Mahomes in some categories, which is crazy to me. He's not uh, ready I for mean, prime time, but, you know, he's you're kind of going toe-to-toe with a former MVP. Granted, Mahomes is not he used to be right now, but I am furious with Aaron Rodgers because you are messing with my legacy as a player. You're messing with my chance to get a Super Bowl ring. You're me- you are messing with so much. Be- you have, what, a vendetta against the GM? You have a vendetta against the team president. You didn't get your way. Is that what this is all? Is that why? Are you trying to intentionally sink this ship because you're a petty son of a bitch? We know how you treat your family. We know how you treat your family. We've seen how you treat your family. Is that what you're trying to do? And if that's the case, I want no part of this, dude. Like, this is ridiculous. Don't play games on my time. That's how I would feel, but you know that's just me. Uh, I, I can't speak for the Green Bay Packers. I mean, just going off script a bit. I mean, I know you were. <laughs> I know you wanted to bring up the game. Uh, you know, he did. He did out. Jordan Love did outplay Pat Mahomes, but I'm starting to think that Pat Mahomes is hurt. Um, these numbers are brutal. 20 or 37 for 166 yards for a touchdown. Does that sound like Pat Mahomes to you? That no. sounds like, all right. And then you have Jordan Love, who quote unquote outplayed him, was 19 for, for 34, 190 yards, a touchdown and interception. Now, if you're Matt Nagy, this is the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers? Seriously? Like, dude. You, you messed up. <laughs> you, the Kansas City, the Kansas City Chiefs defense is awful. I mean, they're they on average give up about twenty five points a game. You scored seven. You had all your players, all of them, mm-hmm. and your heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. Your team is superior to them defensively. The Packers were great, great goal line stands, stuffing the Kansas City Chiefs on fourth down. You lost seven to thirteen. Rogers plays in this game. Chiefs lose by two touchdowns. No doubt. No doubt. 
No, now, absolutely. Now, you got a problem, okay? That's 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 that side of the ball. That's that side of the ball. If you're the Chiefs, I think the Chiefs are in trouble. <laughs> I mean, listen, players have slumps, teams go into slumps, things aren't working out, but I went back and watched the tape yesterday. Pat Mahomes can't stay in the pocket. He's got happy feet. And I feel like he can't plant and throw. Balls are sailing. Nothing's really accurate, accurate. Three kill, I think, had three catches for 29, 30 yards. Are you kidding me? Three kill? Best yeah. guy best guy in the league, probably. Travis Kelsey didn't do much either. I think he had a touchdown. Uh, let me get here. Yeah, 68 yeah. yards, five catches, and a touchdown? Huh? What? I don't know. Yeah, there's, but, there seems to be a lack of imagination in the play calling as well. So I don't know what's going on right now, but the Chiefs bad habits. Definitely, yeah. It's bad habits. He's got bad habits, and I don't know if no one wants to coach him out of it. Maybe they're trying to coach him out of it, and he's not doing it. But well, And mean, also some of, the de- some of the decision-making is stupid, too. Like you have the double reverse tight end pass that uh, I think it was two weeks ago. I'm like... What are yeah. you doing? Why are you running through the Antoine Randall L book of tricks? Like, yeah, save that for the playoffs. Things, yeah, save that for the playoffs. Those things are cute on the goal line. I don't have a problem with that. I do have a problem with no look passes. Problem yeah, with no. yeah. running to your right when there's no reason to run to your right. When was the last time Pat Mahomes stepped up in the pocket and delivered a fireball, a fastball? Like, when was the last time you ever saw that? Haven't seen that, I don't think, in two years. So I, I'm starting to think he's hurt. I'm wondering if some of these things are going to come to light. They got a brutal stretch coming up. I believe they have the Raiders this weekend. And I think after that, they have Dallas. And that's another shit team. But let's move on. So well, uh, I really think, well, before you move on, I think it, yeah. it is, uh, it's partly mental as well. And I really think we need to go back to the Super Bowl where he got destroyed by the, that offensive line got wrecked by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So. If his happy feet, if there, if we were looking for an origin point, I really think that that was the point of origin for where he started to not trust the offensive line and really started to move around and try and play I'm, some street ball. I'm pretty sure he leads the league in turnovers. I'm yeah. pretty sure he leads the league in turnovers right now. and uh, Or he's close to the top, probably top three. Uh, his numbers are down. I think he's got one touchdown. I think he's got five touchdowns in the last five games. Absolutely hideous. Absolutely hideous. And speaking of absolutely hideous, this split between Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns. He was he asked for his release after his dad posted that Instagram video Buddy Hurts. He hit the waiver wire, was not claimed, and is now a free agent. So which team and he said he only wants to consider contenders. So, of course, as he's want to do. Which team should he go to? Yeah, I mean, uh, I'm have uh, I'm hearing he wants to go to Green Bay. And I think that's the best place for him. Uh, if he wants to put up numbers, he should go to a team like the Colts, right? Or we talked about in, over the weekend, Atlanta. But this smells like a Patriots pickup. Right, pick up Odell Beckham on the cheap. I mean, they're a top ten offense, believe it or not. Uh, Rams, Rams don't have oh to go traffic, so they they'll they're definitely all in on this. Maybe that's why they let Deshaun 
Jackson go. Vegas, but now with losing another player, they might be hesitant to pick up Odell. Um, Philly could really use him. Uh, I'm not sure if he'd get along with Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts, he seems to be a decent passer. and He's accurate and he doesn't turn the ball over. He could probably use a guy like Odell, but Hurts might be too much like Baker. Like It looks, it sounds like Odell really wants wants a, a thrower. But you got to imagine, like if you're Aaron Rodgers, right, and you petitioned all year to the Packers, you're not getting my players, I want players, and I want more of a say. You have to imagine he got on the phone and called Odell. I was like, dude, you got to get in here. What routes do you like to run? I think if you join this team, we're a legit Super Bowl winner, right? Because Super Bowl, that's what Odell needs. He needs a Super Bowl victory, right? Because the Super Bowl cleans everything that stinks, right? Look at Antonio Brown. Antonio Brown got cut from the Patriots, couldn't get on a team, was uh was uh, was had scandals going to court may go to jail had to pay all this money goes to the tampa Bay buccaneers wins the super bowl one of the best receivers on the buccaneers team after this he signed a contract with them after this contract's up he's gonna have a team to go to somebody's gonna invest in antonio brown so this is exactly what odell needs and you know the bucks are full i i don't think there's any point in going to kansas city i'm sure i'm sure russ is on the phone with him but as we're probably going to you know, discuss with Joe later. I don't know if that's a really good fit, but yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I mean, all good choices. The Rams thing would just be an embarrassment of riches. Um, as the kind of quarterback that Odell Beckham would get along with, it's the guy who will get them the ball, get him the ball often. So it doesn't matter. It really, like having seen him as a giant fan, Seeing him for the better part of a couple seasons, he only cares about his. He does not care about the result for his team. He could say that all he wants. The proof is in the pudding, and the pudding stinks like shit. So, he got traded to a growing scene in Cleveland. Couldn't make that work. They brought in Jarvis Landry. Jarvis Landry was a better fit. You have to play... In the confines of the system, that's the way these, that's the way the the organizations work. You have to play within the confines of the scheme. You're not gonna be like, I'm just gonna do this and you find me the ball. Like street ball doesn't work, as we're seeing now with the Kansas City Chiefs. After a while, it, it it'll get you going for a little bit, but it's not going to work long term. Some teams, like, the Eagles would be an interesting choice. I think that would definitely rocket them up the the standings in the NFC East because that division is terrible. Like, to me, he needs to kind of realize that it's not just the team, right? It's not just the Giants. It's not just the Browns. He plays a role in his own self-destruction. I see a lot of Carmelo Anthony in this situation, right? There was a piece about how Carmelo Anthony like finally wrapped his mind around the fact that in order to in order to get back into the league and be a valuable piece, he had to realize he's not that guy anymore. He's not the guy who is going to be the face of the Knicks. 
he had to, he has to be the guy who comes off the bench for the Lakers. And I think Odell Beckham, after the surgeries and after the inconsistent play and the malcontent nature with which he left both New York and Cleveland, he, he's on a make... You mentioned AB before. AB made good. AB went into Tampa Bay. He did his job. He got his ring. Odell Beckham needs to go do his job and get his ring. I would love to see him on the Baltimore Ravens. But they need a, they need a guy of his caliber talent. Now, it's a, you know, it's week 10. We're going into week 10. It's a very short time to develop chemistry. So whether or not Lamar Jackson can do it with Odell Beckham Jr., I don't know. But it becomes a scarier offense with Jr. I like the Chiefs. I, I like him flanking Tyreek Hill. Now you really have to play around. And you actually have to... It opens up a few more options because... Odell Beckham Jr. can also throw the ball, as we've seen. He's chucked the ball at 50 to 70 yards. So he's got the he's got ability. It's never been about ability with, with him. It's been about the mental side of the game. Green Bay would be Green Bay would be interesting. I don't know necessarily how Devontae Adams and he would get along where you have to split passes. DK Metcalf, same thing in Seattle. I don't know how that how that fit works. Atlanta is perfect. Calvin Ridley stepped away again. He has a, he's taking another leave of absence. Odell Beckham goes in there. He becomes the guy. Yeah. Bill Belichick has experience with this. He goes into New England. He becomes the guy. He wants to be. Got to go to a situation where he is the guy, and there really are only a handful of scenarios where that happens. Indianapolis is an interesting one. You brought that one up because T.Y. Hilton, he's just not there. So I wonder how that would work because that's, to me, Wentz and Mayfield, that would be a very similar situation. You didn't necessarily trade up, but they're definitely going to make the playoffs. So like that might be a good fit from that kind of standpoint. But we're going to see where Odell Beckham lands, but there's definitely a good handful of teams that could certainly benefit from his services. Maybe one of the several teams that got upset this past weekend. I mean, we had so many upsets this past weekend. You, Falcons beating the Saints. You had the Cowboys almost getting shut out against the Von Millerless Broncos. The Broncos raised, they, they, they're waving the white flag. They traded Von Miller and they almost shut out the Cowboys. The Rams got crushed by Tennessee. The Jaguars beat the Bills. The Browns, law, uh, they blew out the Bengals, even though in we Cincinnati. didn't. In Cincinnati. In Cincinnati. Like, we, you know, like, uh, whoa. I, what? I, let's not forget, the Giants beat the Raiders, too. Which one of these? Which one of these games was the biggest upset, in your opinion? To me, the biggest one was the Cowboys almost getting shut out by the Broncos in Dallas. Like, what the hell happened? How does the Dallas offense not score or get into position to score for the entire game? I mean, they pretty much, Broncos, like, kind of just started playing soft defense and letting, and just let them kind of score those last, those last two touchdowns. Dallas... 
it, 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 Dak still must be hurt. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of here. And, and then, and then McCarthy keeps him in the game, even though the game is over, to run a two-minute offense. It's like, dude, the game's out of reach. This guy's got a soft tissue injury. What do you want him to get hurt again? And then he defended it by saying he wanted to make sure Dak got reps in the two-minute offense. Like, yo, dude, you're the one that didn't play this guy in the preseason. And now you want him to get two-minute offense in against the Broncos after he was hurt last week in a in a game that's over? That right there made me realize McCarthy's gone next year. Kellen Moore's going to be the head coach of the team. Mike, Mike McCarthy, he's not long for the Cowboys. You're absolutely right. It was a bad fit to begin with. You know, Jerry went star chasing again, and it ultimately blew up in his face. But to me... The Jaguars. <laughs> the Jaguars. Uh, are you kidding me? Like, how do you... Like, how... As the, the uh, I can't even articulate it. Like, the Buffalo Bills. Many people's hot pick to be in the Super Bowl, let alone win the Super Bowl... You cannot lose that game. It's not Miami. No offense to Jacksonville, but it doesn't have like you get in Jacksonville. You're not getting that. So I don't know what was going on with the Buffalo Bills. Like Josh Allen, thirty-one of forty-seven for two sixty-four, two picks. Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen, Kentucky Josh Allen, was living in the backfield. Like, the only thing, the only thing Jacksonville Josh Allen didn't do was score, but like their rushing game didn't come, didn't show up. Right. Stephon Diggs and Emmanuel Sanders showed up. That's about it. You know, eighty-five and sixty-five yards respectively. You know, not a great game, not a great game on the other side. But you know, you're not expecting great things from the Jacksonville type warps. Like, right. This, you're. This is. Like, they're vying for the number one pick again. If the ever wins a game, like, you know, they'll be dangerous. So Jackson is easily the second worst team currently. Buffalo just laid a freaking egg. And you, as a team that has Super Bowl aspirations, not even playoff aspirations, Super Bowl aspirations you cannot afford to lose this game because guess what happened the new england patriots won the the new england patriots are hot on your heels and the last thing you want to do is to give them hope because guess what's going to happen you're going to see them in the rearview mirror yeah up you and win the division and take your aspirations from you because this is what Bill Belichick does as a Sith Lord. You can find The Fade Route on Facebook now. Check out our Facebook page, The Fade Route with DNZ. It's a one-stop shop for everything we do content link to the fade store all of our episodes you name it it is there
The Fade Route with DNZ on Facebook. So, sets to a, a team that I wouldn't necessarily say could, you know, had an upset this past weekend. The Tennessee Titans. Their last, the last four wins are very impressive. They've come against the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Bills. So, even without Derrick Henry and with Adrian Peterson, should the Titans be considered the AFC favorite? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think they're surprising people, right? I think the Chiefs underestimated the Titans' defense. Old Matt Stafford showed up last night, uh, or he showed up two nights ago uh and the bills they really had a chance to beat the titans it was it was fourth and goal and rather than kick the field goal and to go into overtime they tried to score and win a touchdown so you know the titans are beatable um the colts might be the best overall team in the afc not the titans i do think the titans are very good it's hard to know See, everybody's facing them now for like the first time without Derrick Henry. So they don't know what they're going to get. There's no book on this yet, right? And their defense has been playing outstanding lately. I mean, they don't, they're not tops in any categories. They had like four sacks going into two games ago. And they got four sacks in their last game. Um, so they're coming on. They're hot right now. But to me, I think about it. I look at team dynamic. I look at scoring. I look at defense. Your ability to run the ball. I like the Colts. I think they might be the best overall team in the AFC East. They can run, they can throw, and they can play defense. Um, And maybe second to Tennessee, here come the Patriots, believe it or not. They were one play away. uh, The the Colts were one play away from advancing in the playoffs last year. They added Wentz and got rid of Rivers. Uh, that's, That's my pick for the best team in the AFC. The Titans certainly have a claim. But here's one very important thing that we need to remember. I know you didn't forget. Who had who, what was one of the teams that the Titans lost to this year? Oh, the Cardinals. That's one. What's the other team? Uh, the Jets. J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets You cannot take this team totally seriously Because they lost to the fucking Jets Okay Okay, no offense I'm still not apologizing Ladies and gentlemen I'm still apologizing I will not apologize You got it now You still got where That green egg on your face Passing yards they are 26th in the league. So they do not throw the ball all that well. Rushing yards, they're fourth. Now, that's with Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry still leads the league in rushing. That will stop. That will end. Jonathan Taylor, I believe, is in second. And he's going to catch him probably this weekend. Jeez. The offense definitely needs to change. And I'm looking at Julio Jones. I'm looking at A.J. Brown. Like, where are you guys? 
Like you're supposed, this is supposed to be a more balanced offense, right? But at the end of the day, it's still the King Henry show, but now with a different pair of wide receivers because Corey Davis is on said Jets. You throw Adrian Peterson into the mix. Adrian Peterson, it's we, it's one game. He looked okay. He was not, he's not the Adrian Peterson that we're used to seeing. He will get better. He definitely will get better. He will run angrier. He will run like Adrian Peterson. And he's fresh. So that's the one thing that I do like about this scenario is that Adrian isn't beat up right now. So that could be very good for them. What I find surprising is how well the defense has been playing the last the last few weeks. Like they took it to Kansas City. Like they made Matthew Stafford look like he was back in Detroit. You mentioned it before, you know, they're getting to the quarterback and that definitely makes all the difference in the world, but they are one of, I would not say are the, they are the prohibited favorite. There aren't many prohibitive favorite candidates right now because we thought the Bengals would be up there. Nope. We thought maybe the Browns would be up there. Nope. We thought the Bills would be up there. Nope. The only team that I think currently could challenge the Tennessee Titans is most likely the Baltimore Ravens. Right? They have they have the defense. They have the run game that's coming on. Le'Veon Bell found the end zone this weekend. Like the the ghost of Le'Veon Bell is back. And then you have Lamar Jackson who's trying to vie for MVP. So this could be very well be a two-horse race, but we definitely need to take the Titans seriously, but not as seriously as, say, the Ravens. And speaking of the Ravens, Lamar Jackson led another comeback against the Vikings, and Baker Mayfield also rallied his team after a week of turmoil with Odell Beckham Jr., as they just whooped the Bengals. In your opinion, which was a more impressive comeback? You know, I have to give credit where credit is due. Baker Mayfield showed up this weekend. I think it was super impressive how with all the turmoil this week with Odell wanting out, Odell not coming into practice, hearing all the questions, and taking taking all the criticism and all the all the haters coming out and going after Baker Mayfield who's hurt, got a bad shoulder. Even I got on the guy. He went out in Cincinnati and beat the sliding Cincinnati Bengals. But we know what the Bengals are capable of. But he went out there beating them, tossed touchdown passes, bombs too. It wasn't even like, you know, little dips and drabs. He came out and balled out. I'm going to say... The comeback of Baker Mayfield and the Browns, to me, was the biggest thing over the weekend. Both quarterbacks played well. If you look at the stats, Baker Mayfield played better than Lamar Jackson from the simple standpoint that, you know, he didn't throw two picks and Lamar Jackson did. But... Lamar Jackson was also asked to do a lot more than Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield only attempted 21 passes. Lamar Jackson went 27 of 41. 
So they are putting the ball in Lamar Jackson's hands. And, you know, the Minnesota Vikings, like, I, I know we wrote them off at the beginning of the year. They're not as bad as we let on that they would be. It was a competitive game. Lamar Jackson did what he needed to do. And ultimately, he also put together 120 yards on the ground. So that's a more complete performance by him as a quarterback. But when you take into account the totality of the week, Baker Mayfield slash Cleveland Brown performance was more impressive. You have the Bengals, you know, the NFL's newest darling, the hottest, you know, the hottest story, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, all that. Then you couple that with the Odell Beckham thing and the shoulder injury and what they were able to do was spread the ball and really kind of lean on their run game because Nick Chubb was back and he was back with a vengeance. You're looking at 14 for 137 yards without Kareem Hunt. So that's impressive. This is going to be an issue because he just tested positive for COVID. So we'll see what happens with Chubb. But like, there's more to being a professional football player and being a quarterback than just putting up the numbers. You need to be able to rally a team to victory. Both guys did that, but... I've, I believe that Baker Mayfield had to because of the extenuating circumstances. And just look at the receiving, right? You had Peoples-Jones, Chubb, Bryant, Felton, Njoku, Schwartz, Hooper, Landry. All of these guys caught a pass. So, and Landry had the fewest yards of everybody with 11. So... It is, to me, I think they kind of unlocked what this team is it needs to be with the addition by subtraction of Odell Beckham Jr. Avoid messy accidents. Get better stopping power with your brake pads. Callahan brake pads. You never know when you'll be driving in the road and there will be a truck tire that you need to avoid and save your family. Callahan Auto really care about what's under your hood. Speaking of potential, we're going to switch a little bit to the NBA as the Knicks beat the Bucks on the road despite being down early. They've been rolling. Is it too early to consider the Knicks a serious contender in the uh, Eastern Conference? Uh, as a contender, I think I think they are definitely going to surprise some people. I have to be honest. I watched the entire game. They were getting they were getting blown out early by the Bucks, and then all of a sudden, they just chipped their way back in, and then took a lead, and then just kind of just shocked everybody that watched the game. They played defense. They passed the ball around. Uh, Kemba has been great. Uh, Julius Randle, I mean, I made fun of the contract he signed. I thought it was, like, ridiculous. They gave him so much money, but they need a basket. They can count on him to shoot. 
They keep telling him to go to the basket. He bodies people. He gets rebounds. The Knicks could be a problem for teams in the East. Well, I mean, define a serious contender. Does that mean second round exit? Does that mean conference final? What what would indicate, like, what would you consider, you know, being a serious contender? Last year, they were the fourth, they were the fourth team in the Eastern Conference. Granted, it was, you know, they peaked a little too soon. I I would agree on that. But, um, I mean, serious contender, I mean, it's very early, but they definitely can make some noise. I am concerned, though. I, I, I'm concerned with the defense. Now, they have majority of the same personnel. Then you bring in a guy like Fournier, and you bring in a guy like Walker, and they're still trying to work their way into this defensive scheme. And it, it's, it hasn't been smooth. We'll say that. From the games I've watched, they have difficulty defending the three. Like they don't, they don't aggressively challenge the shooter, which is something that you know you probably should be doing in this day and age. They're not the best at rebounding, and I get Mitchell Robinson's hurt. I know Nerlens Noel is hurting. You have, you know, your bigs are not there, but you cannot get beaten on the glass with three of your guys surrounding one of the other team. Let's just... If you're down low and you have numbers, you should be pulling down those rebounds 100% of the time. Assists. Second in the league. You're averaging 22.5 assists per game. They need to distribute the ball. That is, that falls squarely on Kemba Walker. You're the point guard. You are the guy that they brought in to make that happen. That's on you. You need to play better. The over-reliance on the three also. Like, last year, they didn't shoot threes at all. It's like, this year, it's like a brand new toy. You know, they're just going to play with it and play with it and play with it until it breaks. They take more threes than anybody in the league. We're going to see how this really turns out at the end of the day like they beat the Sixers they beat the Bucks they split home and home with Orlando they definitely can make some noise if they can put it all together this could be a very dangerous team staying in the Eastern Conference of the NBA the 76ers continue to win despite not Ben Simmons and now they're also without Joel Embiid as he tested positive for COVID The team has started to fine Simmons for not meeting with team doctors regarding his mental health issues. He said he's going to start doing so, but what should Ben Simmons do now? Yeah, this is tough, right? Um, He's got to play. He's just got to start playing. And, uh, you know, Philly is not a very forgiving town. But the best advice I could do for him is he needs to just start playing. They're they're not going to be able to move him. And he's not going to be able to get out of this situation 
without playing and showing what kind of person he is. You've got to face adversity in the face and you've got to overcome it. And this would speak volumes for him as a player and as a person. If you can play solid basketball up until the all-star break, you'll be able to get out. You'll be able to get out of there because teams are going to see, oh, okay, you can play. Oh, you still have value. Right now, I don't think people see any value in him. And no one's going to be giving up first, second, picks, players to get him. And he's got an opportunity to play on a really good team. I mean, they're winning despite him, which is crazy. I can't believe they're actually winning games. So my advice to Ben would be just play, man. Just get out there and play and the rest will take care of itself. It's a tricky situation because this started out as a contract dispute and has become a situation where we're now, you know, we're now questioning his mental health. So it, it has completely changed from one thing to another. Anytime you invoke mental health, I think it's important to take it seriously. And if he feels he is not ready and or not able, then Ben Simmons should step away. You're not doing yourself any good. You're not doing your team any good. If you need to get help, step away and get help. Right, and the, the whole yeah, and the whole thing is is like the team is saying like we want to help you. Like, come and talk with our officials, our trained professionals. He was not willing to do that. But from what I understand, he came and met with the brass yesterday, and I think they're moving in the right direction. I think so too. It's definitely it start. It's it feels like a thawing, but his mental health should be the priority right now over his trade value. And we need to be thinking about Ben Simmons as the person. I mean, we've taken our fair share of shots at Ben Simmons on this show. Uh, More than our fair share, I'll say. But, you know, it's important that, you know, we do, you know, we need to keep in mind that he, you know, he's a human, has emotions, has feelings. He has mental health issues that he's dealing with. And we need to be sensitive and empathetic to that. So, for his sake, like, if he feels he's not ready, then he needs to come to he needs to come to some sort of agreement with the 76ers that I'm not ready to do this and need to step away until I'm ready to do this. And whether that you know results in a trade later on, I can't say. Whether the relationship gets repaired, I can't say. But if he feels he's not mentally ready, then he needs to step away, get himself mentally ready, figure out what he figure out what needs to be done, and just take it from there. Because the situation is only going to be more toxic for his mental health as it progresses. And we wish him nothing but the best. But um, yeah, it's. It's okay to not to be okay, and I think he needs to recognize that and put that and prioritize that over whatever 
is going on basketball-wise. Basketball will be there when you come back. It's the in route where friends of the show get a special segment with us. Want to be part of the action? Want to be the newest member of the in crowd? You know what to do. Hit us up, faderoutemail at gmail.com or slide in those DMs on Fade Route Podcast on IG or hit that Twitter, FaderoutDNZ. on the in route today is contributor prospect 1500.com seattle super fan and everyone's favorite accountant joe rush thanks for coming back on the show today uh, thanks for having me on guys welcome, all right joe, welcome all right man we'll start you off with this the newest addition to the seattle sports scene the kraken have captured the hearts of the fans that currently last in the pacific division what is the current trajectory for this team and how can they improve well, first off, they've had trouble scoring on the power play and they need to get better there. But they're still learning to play with each other and they've only been experimenting different, they've been experimenting different lines almost every single game. Um, the first time they got on the ice together was about a month and a half ago and they've been in almost every single game. Now, and, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, the, the loss to Arizona on Saturday stung quite a bit. But they were clearly the superior team. And with all that said, I expect the chemistry to continue to develop and for them to be in competition for a playoff spot in the final few weeks of the season. And you had an opportunity to actually go to their arena. How'd you like it? Oh, I've been three times now. I saw the Foo Fighters, I saw them beat the Canadians, and I saw them beat the Sabres. It's, it's a wonderful arena. Uh, it, it's, it's superior to almost anything that I've ever been in as far as uh, arenas. And where would you say hockey ranks right now in the echelon of sports in Seattle? I mean, they hitting like, you know, thunder status when the thunder were there or where, where are they? Oh, they, the thunder, (laughs) the thunder thunder were never here. The supersonics. (laughs) I mean, the supersonics in the mid nineties were uh, the toast of the town. So they're right up there. They're, uh, their games are selling out. Everyone's going to the games. They're, people are fanatical about it. And uh, with the the uh, Seahawks all going down down a little bit, um, they're they're on everybody's mind. Everybody's everybody's following the, the Kraken right now. I'm glad you mentioned the Seahawks. You know, going from the ice to the gridiron, the Seahawks treading water during Russell Wilson's absence and are in the playoff hunt, three and five. Wilson's on track to play this week. Can this team still make a playoff run? Absolutely. Uh, There's seven teams getting in from each conference. They're better than the Falcons. They're better than the Panthers. Even though they lost to the Vikings, they're the better team. They're better than the Niners, Eagles, Giants, anyone else from the teams they'll be competing with for that last spot. Uh, They're going to need to win some games as underdogs. They got Green Bay and Arizona coming up next. And they're going to need to win at least one of those two or they'll have zero room for error the rest of the way. Yeah, go ahead, just a quick piggyback off of that. We, we know the Odell Beckham, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. thing is going down. Russell Wilson is politicking hard for them to bring him in. Do you see him as a fit? And if so, is that a game changer in the negative direction? I, 
I think it's a non-plus either way. They have talented receivers that they need to get the ball to in, in DK and uh, Tyler Lockett, and they're going to have D. Eskridge coming back. I think it could possibly hurt the locker room because uh, he's obviously not done well with both the Giants and Cleveland. Oh, no, for sure, absolutely. And the Seahawks have been on this long run of success since 2012, but lately it's way more chaotic and drama-filled in recent seasons. So, you know, as an outsider... Is it time for them to move on from John Schneider and or Pete Carroll, or maybe both? Possibly, uh, but let's see how the rest of the season plays out. If they have a seven-win season or worse, the rumblings from the fans are going to get loud, and Russell Wilson's probably going to be louder than he's been. Um, the only thing that could potentially change number three's mind at that point may be a regime change. Yeah, I really think the issue with Seattle is the run game. Would you agree with that, Joe? Is they just really haven't gotten that to jumpstart. I mean, I think Russell is still dangerous. He's dynamic. You, you mentioned the receivers. The defense is okay, but, you know, Colin and Carson's been hurt. They just really haven't been getting a good run game going. Yeah, the, the Carson injury has been huge. Alex Collins is okay, but he's just a middle-of-the-pack running back, and uh, and Rashad Penny has just never done anything. So yeah, he's they, just, yeah, it's just mediocre at best. I, I'd be scouring the waiver wire. <laughs> Yeah. Clearly, they miss Marshawn Lynch. It's been, you know, <laughs> they've been trying to replace him ever since he's been gone. Yep, absolutely. So, switching from the gridiron, time to talk some Mariner baseball. So, when you were last on, Joe, we were talking about it, and we were a little pessimistic about their chances, but the team surged to a 90-win season and got close to a wild-card berth. Kyle Seeger... Kikuchi, they're going into free agency. Jerry Depoto is prioritizing adaptable free agents this offseason. You know, using the air quotes, you can't see me. Adaptable. Uh, so what will, how will the Mariners continue their upward trend? And if you were the GM, who would you target? Well, first off, remember I said they wouldn't make the playoffs, and I was just just right by a game. <laughs> by a scope, by a hair. Yes, and I, 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 nothing would have made me happier to be wrong on that and have me fall right on my face. But, <laughs> but with that said, if I could sign anyone, I would sign our uh, nemesis public ne- enemy number one, Carlos Correa. But Ooh. I don't see that having much of a chance. Oh, I, yeah, I think Chris Bryant would make a lot of sense at third with Seager not there. And I'd love, I'd love to get Marcus Simeon at second. There's going to be quite you... a few teams going going after him, though. Yeah. Oh, no, definitely. He's going to have his pick of uh, of any team at this point. How do you feel about Clayton Kershaw going in and bolstering that rotation now that Kikuchi has decided to uh, exercise his uh, claws and, you know, go into agency? Because he was, he was uh, not given a QO by the, uh, by the Dodgers. You know, I really am not a big fan of going after a, a big ticket item like that at pitching. I would much rather prefer going after a couple mid-rotation types and uh, like a Marcus Stroman, uh, De Spafani, John Gray, uh, Matt. Uh, and then if you're in competition for, for the playoffs again next year, make the deal for the big arm at the trading deadline. Don't, yeah. don't, you, don't spend your cash on that now. No, that's very, I mean, very fair. I mean, especially with the the way that starting pitching has been minimized as we saw in the World Series with what, how many bullpen games did we have? So, yeah, no, yeah. totally agree with you on that. And the team that won, they were the team doing it. 
So uh, we'll get yeah, also. Please, go ahead. Oh, I, I wanted to add to that. Uh, in addition to uh, the free agency, they should look at the uh, at trading for some guys too. They have a loaded system. I wouldn't see that, be surprised if they targeted Whit Merrifield, Brian Reynolds, uh, even though they'd have to give up a bunch of uh, prospect currency on those guys. And the other team to look at is the the Oakland A's, who are looking like they may have a fire sale. And there are some pitchers there I like, like Frankie Matas and uh, Chris Bassett. Yeah, I like the Matt's idea too. That's a good yeah, player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, get two of those guys and and uh, then see who comes up because they have a lot of tough arms in the uh, in the system that are ready to pop. Yeah, because you really don't need much. You really don't need much. You can really make a run and you can be a, a serious contender. It's, it just seems like, you know, we were kind of laughing about it, you know, before the season started. And even at the trade deadline, we questioned some of the moves, but they seem to know what they're doing. Yeah, it makes you wish they went after Chris Bryant uh, yeah. uh, during the trade deadline there. Because uh, sure. no one saw this coming up to the 90-win season that they had. It was, it was a phenomenal last weekend in Seattle. Listen, I am a huge Chris Bryant fan. I think he is one of the top 10 players in the game. I love his versatility, how he can play the outfield. He can play third base. He can play first base. He's a hitter, man. He he, he, he tattoos the ball. He, he, he gets hurt once in a while. He has some back spasms and back issues. But all in all, he is a he is such a good player to have on your team. Well, you know, based of... on, on adaptable, that would be the way to go because you're talking outfield, you're talking corner infield, you're talking DH. That seems to be yep. a very. That seems to be like the prime target if I was Jerry Depoto as well. Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of a uh, lot of writers have said that he the most likely place for him is Seattle. So uh, wow, I'm super incredible. excited. And Simeon, just to go back on him, he has been said to prefer the West Coast. So that's another uh, potential there. So what happened with Shed Long, by the way? I mean, he was like he was in the mix for a little bit, and I saw he got outrighted off the roster. It's just like you know, was it the injuries or are they just he just stopped uh, performing. But like, he yeah, he just for stopped. A bit that he was gonna, he was gonna be a guy. Yeah, I mean, he did for a little bit, but he never really. The injury did hurt him for sure, and he never, uh, never really got it going. I mean, he could hit the ball at Triple A, but so many players can do that. But once he got up to the bigs, he just couldn't put it together. Very true. Like the beginning of Kelmick in his career before he kind of figured it out. Yeah, and, and he's. That. Yeah, no, it, thank you, thank you a million times, and it's gonna pay off next year, I think, big time dividends. And then we'll probably have Julio up, uh, depending on who they sign as a free agent, either at the beginning of the year or midway through the year. Oh God, if they non-tender Diaz this year, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned it before; they're probably will probably be one of the teams, the team that goes after Seager. Yeah. Oh God. They'll non-tender Diaz, they'll go back to Seattle, and they'll really have nothing to show for this trade except for a bloated Robinson Cano. You got to imagine imagine the Yankees are going to make a run at Seager, right? It's got to be Seager or Correa. There's no way that they're going to go into next season without getting one of those two guys. No, Correa is the guy that, I mean... I wouldn't hesitate signing him to an eight-year deal. I mean, he's that good, and he's, he continues to get better. He's just 27. Yeah. Now, it wouldn't even surprise me if the Yankees end up with both Kyle and Corey. Like, that would Jeez. be very interesting. On both sides, <laughs> the Seager side of the infield. Like, it would not surprise me at all. Well, maybe they're a package duel. Maybe uh, maybe Corey's saying, hey, you got to bring Kyle along. and take my little brother who's down in the farm system with Seattle, too. <laughs> <laughs> Yet you never know. Cashman is 
Cashman's growing mighty desperate. But, but uh, we'll get, on the other side of that, the, the Mets could go and get uh, Seager and Nelson Cruz and get the old 2016 Mariners back together, too. <laughs> that, that, would, that would be a Mets-type move. Yeah. Well, it all depends, you know, on the whether or not the DHs come to the National League. Because you have, like, five DHs already on the Mets. I don't know if you necessarily need to get one more, you know, with Nelly Cruz. I mean, Nelly Cruz would automatically be the best hitter on the team as soon as the ink dries on the contract. So, yeah, Joe, Joe, what's your position on the universal DH? Do you like it? Do you not like it? How do you feel about it? I, I, I'm for it. Bring more offense in the game. Why not? Okay. No, I mean, I'm, I, a, I'm a National League guy. I like, I like the separation. I like the difference. I like making the pitcher hit it offers strategy it's not always an easy out for every team it just i don't know it i like the difference between the two leagues i i I don't need more offense i like baseball the way it is i mean i see your traditional uh point of view on that but i say let's let's make it more exciting let's let's make everything the same in both leagues and and go from there but i'm also fine if they don't yeah Yeah. and national league is the only hold over like they're the only hold out in the entire world so i think at this point just you know i'm very much a traditionalist like you are deep but like if it gets pete alonzo out of the field and you actually <laughs> you can move dom smith to first base and it opens up some holes and it actually allows you to kind of play you know people to play nat their natural position i'm all for it Dom so. Smith is awful. His natural position <laughs> is left out. <laughs> God, that guy's awful. The fact that they put him in left field sometimes is hilarious. You see people hit balls into the gap, and he's like, oh, I'm just going to wait till he gets to the wall to get it. <laughs> I'm run on. He doesn't, can't run and get the ball. Man, he's awful. Uh, Smith, Nimmo, the Mets do not have the most athletic guys in the outfield, and now that Conforto's gone, they have just... What about Conforto to the Mariners? There's noise from. Oh, Florida. he's a local guy. Yeah, he's yeah. a local guy. That would—that's a Depoto type guy. That's a guy that had yeah. a down year, and right. you could get him on the cheap. Um, but another one that I forgot to mention is uh, Seiya Suzuki from Japan. Uh, Griffey, uh, Griffey joined ownership now, so you're going to have both Ichiro and Griffey in the recruiting process now. Wow! So, that's wild. Cool. That's cool. Wow. Huh. Yeah, pretty crazy. Yeah, well, you can't, it's hard to say no to that, but, it, but I mean, we'll see. We'll definitely see how that turns out. You're currently yeah. on assignment in Arizona, covering the Arizona Fall League, so like that's where the cream of the crop goes. What prospects are standing out to you right now, and who should we be looking out for in the very near future? Well, first with Seattle, we have quite a few players uh, not far off, like I mentioned, J-Rod and uh, Kirby, Matt Brash, uh, Brandon Williamson. Um, right, uh, Williamson and Brash could also be dangled in trade talks as well. Um, but outside of the Mariners, I'd say Adley Rushman, is uh, he's going to be a monster in my opinion. Uh, Bobby Witt Jr. is going to be uh, something else. Uh, Spencer Torkelson, uh, though he sprained his ankle down here in Arizona, so we don't know when he'll be, uh, be ready if he'll make it, to make it for opening day. Um, but none of those guys have been down here other than uh, Torkelson. The, the last two days, I got to see Tristan uh, Cassis, Marco Luciano, and Nick Gonzalez. And Luciano and Gonzalez are probably a year out. Cassis is likely to debut in 2022. So there's uh, there's definitely talent here in the uh, the system. All the team, a lot of the team systems are loaded too. So we're going to see some stars uh, very soon. Nice. Well, we're looking forward to 
seeing these guys in the future. And we are looking forward to having you on again, Joe. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, plug what you need to plug, brother, and uh, we'll take it from there. I, uh, I write for prospects1500.com, um, and there's tons of great writers. There's a uh, there, there's a correspondent for every team and every league. So go to the website, check out our lists, uh, check out our stories. There's just some great stuff on there. Joe Rush, member of the In Crowd, thank you so much for joining us, and we will speak again, my friend. All right, thanks for having me on, guys. The Fade Store presents the Alleged Superstar of the Week Award. All right, boys and girls, it is time for the Alleged Superstar of the Week. You know it. You love it. If you want to help us find out who the Alleged Superstar of the Week is, the poll goes up after the show. Go on Twitter at FadeRouteDNZ, see our nominees, and drop a vote. Do you know who won last week, D? I do! I do! Jim Harbaugh won! Jim Harbaugh won! You are correct. Coach (laughs) Khaki. Coach Khaki himself won last week. I'm so excited I got it right. You nailed it. You nailed it last week. So... Who are your nominees for this week's Alleged Superstar of the Week Award? Who is taking home that ass? I'm keeping it all in the family this week. First up, my Alleged Superstar of the Week, Coach Matt LaFleur took the blame for Jordan Love and the Packer loss over the weekend. Packers average 22 points a game. Chiefs give up 25 points a game. The Packers and their heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers only scored seven points. Matt LaFleur, you did not get Jordan Love ready for this game. You are my alleged superstar of the week. Second up, Jordan Love, number 27 pick in the draft. Heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers. 190 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Awful against the awful, awful Chiefs defense. Jordan Love, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last and not least is Aaron Rodgers. You told people you were immunized over the summer. And you walked around like a a vaccinated player. You caught COVID, missed the Chiefs game, might miss another game this weekend. Then you went on Pat McAfee's podcast and you acted like a victim Aaron Rodgers, that doesn't sound like it. A former MVP, that sounds like an alleged superstar of the week. Who you got, Z? All great choices. All great choices. Aaron Rodgers is on my list, so I'm just going to scratch that one off. I was going to say Aaron Rodgers. You got to say more. Uh, Josh Allen. Buffalo's Josh Allen. 31 of 47 for 264. Two picks. Sacked four times. To the dog-ass Jaguars, you are the alleged superstar of the week. Matthew Stafford, for your two gut-wrenching, soul-crushing picks against the Titans on back-to-back passes that led to a 14-point swing in the span of 15 seconds. That seems mathematically impossible, but it happened. 
a truly Lions level performance by Mr. Stafford, you are my alleged superstar of the week. And last but not least, referee Tony Carrenti for inserting yourself into the Chicago Pittsburgh Monday night game, trying to initiate contact with Marsh like you were James Harden trying to draw a foul. You, Tony Carrenti, are my alleged superstar of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the cases have been made. It is now time for you to go to Twitter and cast your vote. And for our nominees. Just do better, boys. Your favorite podcast has its own merch line now. Go to teespring.com, type The Fade Store into the search bar, and have access to our sweatshirts, t-shirts, long-sleeve shirts, tank tops, and much more on the way. That's teespring.com. Type in The Fade Store at the search bar and show your boys some love. Rep the Fade Route brand only at The Fade Store, only on teespring.com. Let's run the option and give you our picks for the week. All right, brother, it is time for the option for week 10. How did you do last week? You know, I didn't do so bad. I thought I did a lot worse. I went 7-7. Seven and seven. I did okay, considering all the upsets. I did all right. That, yeah, pretty good. 500 is a good... Uh, so 500 was a good week last week. We'll just say, seriously, we'll just, seriously. oh my goodness. Uh, I went five and nine. So that was a, a rough one for me. Solid. It is a, it, considering what we watched, I, I'll take it. It could have been a lot worse. 100%. So teams on the bye for week 10, ladies and gentlemen, make your adjustments to your fantasy team accordingly. The Bears, the Bengals, the Texans, and the Giants will not be playing. Make your suitable adjustments. This Thursday, 8.20 p.m., the 6-2 Ravens go into Miami to take on the 2-7 Dolphins. Who you got? Ravens. It's not going to be close. They're not playing the Texans this week. The Ravens are going to Beat that ass. And Tua beat? is playing, so, yeah. Even with the broken game, finger. Game time decision. <laughs> yep. yep, Raven's going to beat that fish ass. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. One o'clock, the five and three Bills looking to get right at the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. I got to imagine they get right. I'd be surprised. But hopefully Mike White starts. I, I, I want to see him play some more. Oh, it's it is hard to think that the Bills would take last week lying down. That's sure. <laughs> um, they're going up against Mike White. Hopefully, if not, it's gonna be Josh Johnson. Yeah, the Bills are not gonna take this line down. They're gonna win pretty handily. 
six and two Bucks at the two and six Washington football team. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Bucks. The Bucks are the most formidable team currently. This isn't gonna be close, even though they played them close in the playoffs. Falcons at Cowboys. I gotta think the Cowboys redeem themselves, so I'm going with the Cowboys. This is tough. Uh, you know, the, the Falcons, they went into New Orleans. They took it to the Saints. They beat them. The Cowboys did not show you anything against Denver. But the Falcons don't have any defense. So I'm going to take the Cowboys as well. Saints at Titans. Uh, Titans. Titan defense is playing very well. Saints just lost to the Falcons. Trevor Simeon starting Titans. It's going to be a long day for Trevor Simeon, even if Odell Beckham Jr. ends up in New Orleans, another team that's rumored to get him. Um, yeah, the Titans are rolling right now, even though they lost to the Jets. The Jags at Colts in a division ra- in a division rivalry game. I'm changing mine. I originally was going with the Colts. I'm actually going to go with the Jags. Really? Some, uh, they showed some moxie last week. I say they come through and they, they win. Well, we'll see if Trevor Lawrence and James Robinson play. I know uh, Trevor um, Trevor Lawrence didn't finish the game. C.J. Beathard did. Uh, that being said, it's going to be closer than we think, and I think the Colts just eke them out, and it's going to be a big game for Rodrigo Blankenship, one of the best names in the NFL. Lions back off the bye and ready to bite some kneecaps going into Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers. Pretty sure they lost on the bye, but they'll also <laughs> lose to Steelers. Steelers against Steelers. Well, it depends. Is Tony Carrente going to be refing their game again? Jeez. Oh, that was brutal. Um, yeah, it's not going to be close. Lions are going 0-9. Steelers take this one pretty handily. Five and four Browns at the five and four Patriots. Mm, I'm gonna go with the Patriots, especially if uh, they keep playing the way they played last weekend. Well, I'm gonna go with the Pats as well because Nick Chubb is out, and Nick Chubb is really the rudder for this offense. And without a good running game, Baker Mayfield's in for a long. He can still day. play though. He can still play if he gets. Back-to-back uh, negative results within 24 hours, he can play because he is vaccinated. He is so vaccinated, so we'll see He still has a goes. chance to play. Yeah, he's a chance to play. It's an outside shot. I'm still going right. to take the Patriots, but um, it's good. that's the safe pick this week, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's true. Uh, we're into the 4 o'clock slate. The 3-5 and five Vikings at the 5-3 and three Chargers. I'm going to take the Vikings. I know. I think the Vikings play good defense. This is a tough game. Like The Chargers are not... They're not as good as we hoped they would be. The Vikings are a little bit better than we thought. You know what? I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. You know, Dalvin Cook's going to have a big game. And they're going to... Do just enough to slow down Justin Herbert. The four and five Panthers without Sam Darnold at the eight and one Cardinals. 
I'm going to take the Cardinals. Even without Hopkins, without Kyler, without Edmonds, it's still not going to be close. P.J. Walker is most likely going to get the start. Sam Darnold has a fracture in his shoulder. We, he's pretty much done. I think we can we can say Sam Darnold is done. Yeah, we can, you know you had your shot, Sam. Sorry. The three and six Eagles at the Denver Broncos. I'm gonna go with the Broncos. I mean, they, they just capped Dallas off, so I think they I think they're gonna win. Yeah. This is tough. The 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 Eagles are kind of like Jekyll and Hyde. The Broncos, they're the very definition of a mediocre team. But the Broncos have Teddy Bridgewater, and I'm going to roll with Teddy Bridgewater. 425, 3-5 Seahawks. Russell Wilson is back at the Packers. Uh, this all depends on Aaron Rodgers. I mean, if Aaron Rodgers plays, I'm taking the Packers. If he doesn't play, I'm going to take the Seahawks. So I guess for now, I'm going to say Seahawks. They don't think Aaron's going to play. I didn't see enough of Jordan Love to take them despite Aaron Rodgers not being there. So I'm going to roll with the Seahawks as well. Your Sunday night special, AFC West rivalry game. The 5-4 and four Chiefs go into Allegiant Stadium to take on the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders. I just think they're going to win. I just I don't. Pat Mahomes looks awful. and The Raiders, I know that they lost to the Giants, but it's a, it was an East Coast game. Um, you know, and they were within, they were in striking distance. He just threw a pick to end the game. So I'm going to go with the Raiders. The Chiefs are ugly right now. Yeah, very good. ugly. Uh, you have Ngakwe, you have Nassib, you have Crosby against that offensive line. I don't like Patrick Mahomes' chances right now. The Raiders, big. And Monday nights in Santa Clara, the 7-2 Rams against the 49ers. I got to imagine that Detroit Stafford doesn't show up again, so I'm going to go with the Rams. Hopefully Von I Miller mean, plays. I want to see that. Yeah, I think Von Miller should be good to go, but we'll see how that goes. It's still early in the week. Um, yeah, Stafford can't have another game like he did, even with the defensive line of the Niners. I, I don't think they'll be able to get the penetration that the Titans were able to get. Cooper Cup has a big game. Robert Woods has a big The usual suspects. And who knows? Maybe we'll see some Sony Michelle as well. Just for shits and giggles. The Rams are going to take this one. And I'm going to call it. Wolford will play the fourth quarter. Because it will be a blowout. This has been the Fade Route with DNC. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Catch our podcast Wednesday nights, usually on the Anchor, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, stay faded, everyone. We'll talk to you next week. If 
you want to get on the action, we want to hear from you. Hit us up at Fade Route Podcast on IG, Fade Route Mail at gmail.com, or slide in our DMs at Twitter at Fade Route DNZ. Questions, comments, picks, segment suggestions, you name it. We want to hear from you. Get at us, in crowd. Thanks for listening to this episode of our podcast. If you like what you heard and want to hear more, be sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. Rate us five stars. Leave us a review. Turn on subscription notifications and tell your friends. Spread the word. Spread it wide.